Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's going on, Dodger fans? And thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We were not planning to record tonight, so this is a bonus episode. And the reason being is James Altman is him, leading the Dodgers to that 6-2 to victory in the first game of this Cubs series. They still got three games left. Your Los Angeles Dodgers are 10-10, and and we're brought to you by Fansided. Wow. A grand slam off Michael Fulmer. Put the Dodgers on top, six to two, and that was your ball game. We got a packed house tonight. David Rosenthal's in the building. Then we got friend of the show, Chris Camello. He's back as well. And then a one-time visitor. He's back. Is he's back? Long-time listener, Dodge sixteen underscore twelve, also known as Steve Moore, is here. We're gonna break down the last couple games. Maybe get into some questions if Steve or Chris or David's got anything they want to address as well. So let's get the show rolling. David, start with you. What are your thoughts on James Altman being him? I mean, he does literally everything. He's a five-tool player. He's performing at every level of the game. No matter where you hit him in the lineup, no, where, no matter where you put him in the field, he needs to be playing every day. I think Dave Roberts is going to wake up and start to realize that. But, I mean, talk about putting a team on your back. First off, hitting the home run to either tie the game or give him the lead. I think it was to tie it and then throwing out a runner at home, saving Bickford and saving, uh, I don't know who pitched before Bickford. It uh, was Grove Grove saving Grove's ass. Well, they got the one run, but yeah, he threw out the second runner to yeah, keep, keep it. it a tie game. And then obviously the grand slam. I mean, what is this kid not done since he's been called up going back to last year? I mean, it kind of pisses you off that he wasn't called up last year for the playoff run, but now that he's here, I, I, this is, in my opinion, this is absolutely not a fluke. I think this is just who he is. He's just he's just a hitter. Yeah, as we're recording, 290 hitter, 397 on-base percentage, 1,042 OPS, yep. five home runs, which is second on the team, 15 RBIs, two steals. And I actually tweeted that out, and I agree with David. He is a five-tool player. He's displayed everything. I think that he could get more stolen bases if they encouraged him to. Chris Camello, how's it going? Doing good, Kev. Thank you for uh, not reneging on our little uh, bet the other day and uh, having me on, man. What What's shaking? What are your thoughts on the Dodgers through 20 games? Uh, any questions or any thoughts you wanted to throw out there? Yeah, actually, uh, what we need to do since the I am him or James Outman is him and about 48 hours earlier, Austin Reeves apparently of the Lakers was him. We need to do a episode of to tell the truth. 
And will the person who is him please stand up with John O'Hurley uh, as as the host? I know you guys remember that show on on KCAL. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, going back to Outman, superb performance tonight. I was obviously it's a crazy time in sports. You got the NHL playoffs, you got the NBA playoffs, you got a lot of LA teams in the mix. So I was trying to go back and forth and see who was doing what. But uh, this kid just has got a classic swing. Uh, by the way, here's a fun fact. Fifth Dodger already this season to have a multi-home run game. Joining J.D. Martinez, Freddie Freeman, Trace Thompson, Max Muncy's done it twice. Uh, so, yeah, I, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic and getting it done defensively. And what's also a little ironic, too, Kev, and and, and the rest of you guys, by the way, very, very nice to, uh, to see you again, Dave. It's been a while. Um, and nice to meet you, too, sir. Um, but the other thing is he's doing this next to Cody Bellinger. So he's basically the heir to the throne. I mean, we thought Bellinger was going to be a Dodger for the next decade. And he, we were going to be seeing him make the highlight plays in center field and hit the clutch home runs. And it just didn't pan out that way. But James Outman right now is falling in line of that great Dodger rookie lineage of guys that just come onto the scene and make an immediate impact. And it's really a pick me up for a team that's really sputtered out of the gate, playing average baseball struggles with the bullpen struggles a little bit with the starting the offense is boom or bust, but he stepped up tonight. And by the way, another shout out to uncle Jay. Hey, that walk great at bat against Fulmer set up the James Outman uh, grand slam in the ninth inning. So uh, big win. They needed it, but still long ways to go. Uh, not just with the Dodgers, but anybody in the NL West. That's absolutely true. Maybe we'll talk about another team. What happened with them later tonight as well, if we can get into it, but fun fact, Cody Bellinger hit a home run against the Dodgers, went 420 feet in the second inning, followed that up. James Outman hit his home run 420 feet in the third inning, both occurring on 420 what are the odds cody bellinger with the stoner reputation i don't know about james outman he kind of looks like a a clean man i don't know if he dabbles in that stuff maybe he's a movie star yeah but steve (laughs) you're here i gotta get you in on the show what are your thoughts on everything going on and if there was anything you wanted to cover ask us fire away i mean what more can you say about james outman like he's been like we have such we got the we got uh, spoiled with Cody Bellinger's defense and offense for so uh, not the last two years of Cody Bellinger, but his previous years of offense and winning the MVP. Like we got so spoiled with him, and now we got James Outman. It's like it's a an embarrassment of riches in center field for the Dodgers. Like, and it's been so much fun to watch. Like, it's crazy. That yeah. How about this Dodgers bullpen tonight? Michael Grove had Finally. an exit in the. After the third inning, after giving up two runs, one of them was an inherited run that Bickford gave up that was mentioned earlier. But Bickford gave the Dodgers two solid innings. Brule has looked really good so far. He had mm-hmm. two strikeouts over a scoreless frame. Almonte started to bounce back. Ferguson continues to be their best left-handed reliever, in my opinion. And Bruce Sargratterall continuing to rack up the strikeouts. Closed it out on that 6-2 to two win. Much-needed performance by this Dodgers bullpen kind of helps set the rest of the series moving forward. So maybe some optimism in that department. Yeah, I mean, the the headline there is is Gratterall getting the strikeouts. I mean, his last three outings, I think he's either struck out the side and then got two strikeouts and then got two strikeouts tonight. So if he's going to keep missing bats, there's your closer. 
No doubt about it. Undisputed closer. Yes, you'll throw in Phillips every now and again, but Phillips is best used in the Trinan role, in my opinion. Seventh, eighth, fireman role. Throw him in whenever the heart of the order comes up. If Gratterall can keep missing bats, he has the potential to be a top five closer in baseball, without a doubt. He He's always had the stuff. It's just been the strikeouts. And the last three, four outings, the strikeouts are there. So I don't know if that's something they've been working on, if something just clicked for him, if it's the teams they're playing. But this is by far the most encouraging thing we've seen out of the Dodgers bullpen all season long. Couldn't agree more with Dave. Uh, you know, one of the strengths of the Dodgers last year was two things. We're going to get to your bullpen offensively, and you're not going to touch our bullpen on the other side. So mm -hmm. th this year it's been sort of the exact opposite where guys like Vesia, Almonte, Gratterall really just kind of sputtered out of the gate. There's been no real uh, role. Uh, I, I would call it role definition uh, like we saw last year. And I think now teams have more of a scouting report on some of these guys and they've just struggled. I mean, Vesia has not had any clean outings. Almonte has struggled at times. Gratterall, I've, I've been saying it for the last few years, this guy's got closer stuff, but he has not evolved as a reliever. Where's the swing and miss stuff? Where is that secondary pitch to go along with that big fastball? I mean, yeah, you got to be the bazooka, but you also got to know how to get outs as well. And they've let a lot of close games, guys, get away in the later innings. And even when the Dodgers have had like a four or five run lead, you get edgy because they're walking guys, they're giving up base hits. And then all of a sudden, you know, you start biting your nails. It's like, are these guys going to choke up a four or five run lead with four outs to get? So it's been a real struggle for them. But on a night like tonight, it, you know, six shutout innings against a pretty good Cubs team. And the Cubs were hot going into, I think they were coming off of a sweep or a series win against the uh, Oakland A's. So uh, they were coming off a big series win last weekend against the Dodgers. So this was big, and hopefully they could build on this. That's been the biggest issue, too. They have not been able to build on any of these, like, really good wins. The, the David Peralta walk-off, uh, you know, uh, on Saturday night, the two-run double, what do they follow that up with? Two disappointing losses back-to-back. -back. So they have got to try to get some momentum going. And I understand it's early, but you don't want to, you know, keep giving away series and, and not have any sort of cohesion or continuity going right now. Totally. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Another thing that was interesting in Thursday night's action was we got to see the debut of Mookie Betts playing shortstop for the Dodgers. And they're going to definitely need his assistance right now with Yanni Hernandez getting literally a cup of coffee and getting sent back down. Luke Williams not really going to provide much, it appears, with the bat or the glove. And Mookie Betts, in what was, I think, the first ball hit to him, turned in a routine unassisted double play and looked better than Trey Turner all of last year, in my opinion. So if the Dodgers have to make Mookie Betts their shortstop, this actually could work out in their favor in the short term. Now you're guaranteeing James Altman every day at bats, and then you just kind of figure it out with the rest of the guys. Trace Thompson's reverse split, so maybe he gets more starts against right-handed pitching. And then David Peralta can close it out there in left field. It's crazy that this is their best option at shortstop. Like, it's legitimately their best option. 
uh, you got a what, $240 million payroll or something. Mm-hmm. And we're on April 20th and your right fielder is your best option at shortstop. Uh, I, I don't know what the hell happened to all of these guys. Uh, but without a doubt, you, you kind of got to put him there. Like you just said, you got to get Outman every day at bats. And then you throw in Thompson, Hayward, Peralta, and Chris Taylor, if he's going to avoid an IL stint, uh, in the outfield, it, it makes way more sense than Luke Williams every day. And who else is left? Nobody. Yeah. And with Austin Barnes being the worst version of Austin Barnes I've yeah. ever said, and that's coming from maybe one of his biggest fans. He's got like a negative 50 weighted runs created. I don't think I've ever seen that from any hitter on the Dodgers ever. And or I think any hitter ever. I thought Miguel Rojas's minus five was bad. <laughs> <laughs> and he is statistically the worst hitter in the entire sport with an 040 batting average, if it's even that high at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really sad because I, I really like the Miguel Rojas pickup. And guys, he had a good spring. It wasn't yeah. like the writing was on the wall where it was like, oh my gosh, Miguel Rojas at shortstop. I mean, look at that. He had a good spring, and there were plenty of times last year in Miami I would look at his stat line, two for four, maybe not a whole lot of production, like with home runs or RBIs or anything like that, but like two for four with like a single and a double or something like that. And, and, I, and I think we all kind of thought he was going to bring that sort of uh, stability. Even with a healthy Gavin Lux, there was a there was a faction of fans like me saying, keep Lux at second and start Miguel Rojas at short because he's got the range, he's got the glove, he's got the arm. He's got the experience. So just, you know, kind of keep him there and, and let Lux, you know, stay over there at second base. But yeah, it's just been really a tough start. But I am not ready to throw these guys in the trash can yet because yeah. what are your options? You have to kind of let these guys figure it out, whether you're talking Dodger relievers, Dodger starters, or even uh, guys, that, uh, your, your position players like Taylor or Rojas or uh, even like a Yanni Hernandez or somebody like that. They have to just work their way through whatever offensive issues that they have. Well, your guy, Jose Iglesias, might be wearing a Dodgers uniform tomorrow because he just re-entered himself in the free agent market. It's not a bad option. Once again, you got a guy with experience. He he can hit. He can field the position. You just need somebody just to kind of keep that seat warm for you. It's basically saying, hey, I got to use the bathroom. Keep my chair warm for me when I come back. Because let's be honest, guys, the Tim Anderson rumors and everything, that's not that's not realistic right now in April. So yeah. people and, and this is another thing. Otani, Otani, Otani. This is why you can't gun for a guy who may not fill the needs of your team. I, I believe me, I'm I'm on Team Otani as well. I'm not trying to say anything, but at the same point in time, this is a good question for the for this panel right now. Is Otani worth basically just rolling out the red carpet for without addressing some of the other needs of the team now and into the future? Kinda. I said it when the season before the season started, and I'm standing by it, especially with Jeff Passan's latest report of the Angels fall out of it. Shohei Otani will be traded to the Dodgers around the trade deadline. Go ahead, Steve. I just don't think that the price tag is going to be worth it with no guarantee that he's going to be a Dodger. If they're asking for two top prospects, you're giving up, uh, what the pitcher, sorry, I won't blame Miller, on his name. Miller Bobby Stone, Miller. Yeah, Bobby yeah Miller. you're giving up Bobby Miller and Diego Cartaya for no guarantee that you're going to have a guy for more than 90 games. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I wouldn't do it. Like, I just think that's 
essentially career suicide for uh, the GMs. I'm, like, it's, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. If you, like, if they, it doesn't happen, I know it doesn't happen, but if you can get a window where you can give a extension and he agrees to it, then yeah, I'm all for it. But you know that doesn't happen in July. I'm and all I in. I just don't want to... I don't want to give up the farm for a player that we're not guaranteeing that we're going to have more than half a season. Not to mention, you don't have any of the other guys that are going to be approaching free agency guaranteed either. There's no contract for Odeus. There's no contract for Bueller. There's no extension for Will Smith. So you're going to put all your eggs in the Otani basket. What's going to happen with those other guys? I think the Dodgers farm system is deep enough that they can do what they did two years ago when they traded for Max Scherzer and gave up Josiah Gray and Kbert Ruiz, who both have not looked that great so far as big leaguers. Yes, Cartaya probably will amount to being a better player, but now if we really want to go down the Will Smith train, a lot of Dodger fans are going to be perfectly happy locking him up for life. Oh. And you have a shot to win the World Series in 2023, and sometimes you just got to take shots. Yeah, they won't always pan out, but this is a generational player and if you get him ingrained in the Dodgers clubhouse, he's part of the culture. I guarantee he's going to love being a Dodger. And that's going to be a huge leg up in these extensions and negotiations versus free agency pool. But so you're looking. Thing... Go ahead, Steve. Sorry, you're looking at a pitcher and a DH that still doesn't address the shortstop role that we don't have. There's Thank a you, Steve. Otani doesn't play shortstop. I can oh. live with the whoever plays shortstop when you get Otani's bat in the lineup though. The pr the problem it creates is, I mean, it's like the best possible problem to have. Uh, my only issue is if you trade for him, I kind of need to have some kind of a handshake that like, we're going to get an extension done. Uh, whatever the cost is, if he commits to being in LA where he's already familiar with just down the freeway, mm -hmm. then I'm comfortable giving up whatever it takes to get that guy. Uh, in terms of the 2023 makeup, you'll figure it out. J.D. Martinez, you might have to play left field. Welcome to the outfield. If mm -hmm. not, you're on the bench. But in this, is, this is not going to be a move just for this year. If they acquire him at the deadline, this is a, this is a franchise-altering move where you're going to commit to give the guy close to $500 million. And you're not going to give up Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone, Cartaya, anybody – if you're not pretty damn confident, if not sure that you're going to sign him to an extension, you're just not. It's a hard call. It's a hard call. And you know, all these rumors about Tim Anderson, who is a fantastic player, an all-star caliber player, Chicago may end up falling out and they may end up wanting to sell so that they can get some, you know, uh, uh, you know, good prospects and get a haul for him. Now, if the Dodgers are in those sweepstakes, that obviously affects them in the trade aspect of getting Otani and then they would basically have to take their chances uh, in free agency next winter, right? That would take them out of the trade sweepstakes. And what would that asking price? I'm just curious if the Dodgers were to go after Tim Anderson, what is that price looking like? Is that looking like Cartaya or stone or, no, or Cartaya or, or Miller? No, okay. no way. You got, you look at the second tier. So we're talking maybe Andy Pajes. I think he's, uh, easy guy to make this trade happen um starting pitcher wise well maddox bruns is maybe landon knack landon knack 
he's got pretty low stock the, right it's now. It's not going to move the needle too much. But Madden. the thing is, Tim Anderson's not a, for, a, a unrestricted free agent next year. They got a club option on him for $14 million, which is right. cheap for him. Right, so but that means gonna... that the asking price would still be somewhat higher, though, because he's not exactly yes. a true rental, right, Dave? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Pahez, maybe Bruns. Uh, if they have to do Nostrini, pains me to say it. Or uh, the other guys like River Ryan, who's been tearing it up. They have Matt they have <laughs> Matt. Yes, they got <laughs> what a fleece right there. So bad. This is my last thought on James Outman because I want to say it before I forget, and then we'll talk about a couple other things to close out the show. I've been talking about this guy for like years now, and if there was one Dodgers rookie prospect hitter that I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. I think James Altman is going to be the best of all of them. So that includes Vargas, Cartaya, uh, I guess Dalton rushing you can throw in there, Pajes, uh, Eddie's Leonard. Yeah, you go down the line. Bush. Oh, yeah. Bush as well. I, I want to see Bush in the major league level. Like, what the hell are we waiting for? He should have been a shortstop growing up. He'd be playing right now. Yep. Mm -hmm. But here's – I got one question. So Mookie Betts is back from – pregnancy and what do you do with james outman in the lineup where are you putting him i liked him at leadoff today obviously mookie betts is going to be your leadoff hitter but i wouldn't mind putting outman second yeah and moving freeman down one and smith down one freddie killed it in the three spot last year when mm -hmm. they put trey turner between him and mookie betts the offense clicked and i think they need to do something like that similarly where you basically go i agree with you dave 100 percent Mookie, Outman, Freeman, uh, Will Smith, Muncie. Uh -oh. oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Muncie cleanup. Okay, then Smith fifth. JD six. That's solid. No, right they there. put Smith fourth because they want to stagger the lefties. Well, Smith or Muncie, I'm just saying, I don't think you could really go wrong with either of them in those spots because whoever's in the fifth spot would be solid. And then you have JD in the six. That, that that's, that's still pretty good. Makes the lineup a lot longer. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was something on my mind. It's time for James Altman to be batting first or second. Agreed. It just works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you need to get him at bats. Go ahead. It, it, when they traded for Mookie in 2020, they had him batting third or fourth the first couple games in the 2020 season. And the offense wasn't doing anything. The team was sputtering. When they put him at leadoff after he said something about wanting to bat leadoff, the team took off and we know they won the World Series. So I would keep him at one and put Outman at two because it just seems that Mookie is probably, if not the best leadoff hitter, he's one of the best leadoff hitters in all of baseball. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. I, just, I think there's – you kind of, at this point, need to consider moving Outman into the two spot. Definitely. It also helps give Freddie Freeman more opportunities to just drive in runs because I feel yeah. like his bat's been kind of wasted hitting second. If no one eight, – if the eight or nine holes aren't getting on – we're just banking on Mookie, and that's not really efficient. No. Yeah. All right. So uh, Wednesday afternoon, after we <laughs> talked about him and I went on a whole rant about how Max Scherzer is an asshole. Well, what do you know? Max Scherzer is still an asshole because he got tossed. Well, first in the, I want to say third inning, they inspected his glove, said, you got to change it, bro. He accommodated that request, did it. Then the next inning, he was ejected for having too much uh, sticky stuff. We don't exactly know what the substance was. He claims it was water and rosin. 
they're saying that when the umpires were touching his hand, it was literally sticking to his hand. And someone posted, I don't know the credibility, but his spin rate was apparently up like 400 metrics compared to what his season average was. I don't know. I, I tend to side with Scherzer here, honestly. I mean, he was kind of very insistent that it was rosin. I kind of believe him. Apparently, he tried to wash it off with, with alcohol in between innings. And then I forget what former pitcher was uh, tweeting about this, but I guess if you do that, it makes it even worse and more sticky. So I, I kind of think he got screwed here a little bit. I mean, it was hilarious to see him throw a tirade and get ejected, but I I, I think it was just rosin. I don't think he's you're defending a Scherzer a lot these days. What's going on? I mean, I I think he's innocent here. Well, he got a 10 game suspension and didn't even appeal. Did did you guys see that? Whatever, whoever the umpire is, uh, he's the only umpire that has thrown out anybody with the sticky stuff. And it's been been three times now. Wow. That's (laughs) pretty crazy. It's, It's only that single umpire that has done it. He's a cop. Not sure what's going on with the Mets. This is like the the second incident going back to the Musgrove with the ear situation where they're they're somewhat involved in a situation with a pitcher and some sort of illegal substance. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of side with Dave on this one. Um, yeah, I, I think if this guy maybe if it was the first of like the first time around, right? Maybe he had something second time around. That's just plain stupidity. That's yeah. playing with fire. That's going back to rob the bank uh, later that afternoon after robbing it at 9 a.m. That's just that's just dumb right there. You know, returning to the scene of the crime. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, Max Scherzer, you know, Kev, clearly you have some sore feelings still about what happened in the 2021 NLCS about Atlanta against the Atlanta Braves. I get it. But I think in this, in this case, this was just sort of an overblown situation, very random. And it couldn't have happened to a guy who has had a pretty clean record. You know, there's been never any suspicions or anything like that. Not like what we've seen with guys like, you know, Garrett Cole or Trevor Bauer, or uh, who was the other one? Lucas Giolito, you know, guys like that who have been, a little bit more like, hey, these are the guys to watch right here. Scherzer doesn't well, really have that, that track record as far as I know. You got to put it into context because he was coming in the start after being pushed back. He was dealing with some shoulder shortness, so, shoulder soreness, I believe. It was also a day game, which makes it probably harder for a pitcher dealing with an injury in the heat. I feel like based off how cocky Max Scherzer's been in the past where he thinks he's kind of just better than everyone else, he thought, no way in hell are they going to expect me two innings in a row in a row i don't know I, still I'm playing just, with fire yeah i don't just don't think he's that stupid he, admittedly well, he, so <laughs> he even it's, said that much too he said i would be an idiot after they inspected me to come out with something else on me yeah and he was like swearing on his kid's life that it was rosin too to the umpire which is kind of extreme but like uh, you know I, i'm but, i'm with Scherzer here but the point is you think he was pitching clean the entire game, or do you think at one point in the game he was trying to get a leg I think up? it was always rosin. I think it might have been over what they allowed, but we don't even know what they allow. They don't tell us what the, the standard is. So, like, yeah. we just know spider tack is not allowed. That's the yeah. only thing I think that I mean, that's what started Weird. this whole thing back in the 21 season. Anyway, You're not allowed to use rosin. You can use Aaron. rosin. I don't know. It's a suspend 10 game suspension for rosin use. So, I don't I know what it's that like means. a certain level. Well, I guess and, he, and they find him what 10 grand for just acting like a total jerk. Yep. <laughs> He's not worried about the 10 grand to say that much. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's right. I'll, I'll Venmo. I'll Venmo that to you later. Yeah. Later on that day, bro. <laughs> yeah. He Tax sat out. <laughs> he sat out the NLCS game to make ninety nine million or whatever. So he's he's chilling. Well, ninety nine million problems, but I guess cash won't be ten uh, Gs won't be won't, won't be one of them for <laughs> for sure, sir, man. Well, I have you guys here. Were there any other questions you had for us or topics you wanted to throw out there uh, before we close out this James Outman is him bonus episode show? The silence. Sounds of silence over here. No, I guess I guess I have a question. Um, what is going on with the uh, like? What is going on with the San Diego Padres? I know they've won a couple of games now in a row. They just got Tatis back, reinserted. I mean, everyone keeps saying, "What? Wait till Tatis gets it back." But yeah, but why are you still getting shut out as many games as you have? I mean, they fell three below five hundred. Who the hell thought that team was going to fall three below five hundred? Even this early in the season, I don't think anybody had that going. So. Um, what are your thoughts on the Padres are, you know, are them and the Dodgers, do they have like mass concerns that, that could, you know, follow them throughout the season? Way too early. A lot of world series winning teams or teams that just reach the world series have bad Aprils. It's a, it's essentially an extension of spring training. We'll see where they're at in June. I mean, they're, they're 10 and 11, like they can go on a five winning, winning streak instantly. And all of a sudden their season looks hot. But yeah, you mentioned it, and Fernando Tatis Jr. did return tonight. He went 0 for 5, got a standing boo ovation from the Arizona Diamondbacks fans, so that's nice. It'll be interesting to see what kind of catalyst he is to this Padres lineup, but Chris, I think you were the one that said don't draft Xander Bogarts in fantasy, and so far he's been their best hitter. Hey, I could be wrong, man. I mean, you look at the – he had a good batting average last year, but the production numbers were just not there. And I was like, ah, 11-year deal, 280 mil, I don't know. But then again, fresh start, exciting team, put him in between Machado and Soto, all of a sudden, you know, you're good. Not to mention, sometimes hitters don't transition well switching leagues. I mean, we saw Machado struggle uh, back in 2018 when he came over from Baltimore to the Dodgers. He, I, I mean, he still hit around 300, but he wasn't playing at the MVP level that he was in Baltimore. So I kind of expected Bogarts to have that – initial first month, maybe jitters, getting getting familiar with more of the National League pitchers. But, hey, good for him. Good on him. I think they're a sleeping dragon, frankly. Uh, I mean, you're getting a top five player in baseball, in my opinion, back today. Uh, Soto's hitting like 100, which is not going to keep up. And you're going to get Joe Musgrove back as well. So I think it's only a matter of time for them. Uh, I picked him to win the division preseason. And I still think that happens. Not to mention you got Machado hitting 220, right? And he's not going to do that either. Yeah. I mean. Lastly, Madison Bumgarner was designated for assignment (laughs) by the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think he's the worst contract since the uh, start of 2020. ERA is in the fives every season. I think this season he has an ERA over 10. He does. It's hilarious that they owe him $34 million still. And they said, you know what, Mad Bum, you suck so much ass. We were better off just paying you to pitch up. Probably for the Texas Rangers. Someone pointed that out to me that he's going to probably reunite with Bruce Boshi. That makes sense. Yeah. And he's close. I mean, he's from North Carolina. So going to Texas would make him a little bit closer to home. It makes it makes sense at this point. Bochi knows how to use him, but and they lost Odorizzi for the season. So they could use somebody to kind of plug that that hole in the uh, in the pitching staff. And well, he can pitch all the games that the Grom gets hurt in. 
Or Eovaldi. Yeah, DeGrom's backup, essentially. No, I mean, he was bad before they signed him. Mm-hmm. That's That GM is, is I don't know what the hell he's looking at, but every metric he looked at before they signed him told him that he was falling off a cliff or had fallen off the cliff already. So you get what you pay for, and that's what you get. So $34 million into the trash. Everything you need to know about him is I used to live in the Bay Area, so I know a lot of friends, a lot of my friends are Giants fans, and they don't even want him back. And he's like this San Francisco legend. Like yeah. I text one of my best <laughs> friends that he's a hardcore Giants fan. And I was like, You guys want Mad Bum back? He's like, they got he didn't even know he got DFA'd. He's like, No, I don't want that guy back. No, he's he's Epic. cooked. It's I think it he's might watched. be over for him, honestly. Yeah, it very well could be. I, I think uh, maybe a team like Texas takes a flyer on him just to see what he's got. I mean, 720 grand, you know, you might as well just see, Hey, let's, let's take a flyer and just see what he's got left. But yeah, I don't see a team like the Dodgers or any of these other squads really going out of their way to, to sign him at this point. He just has not looked good. And it just, the consistency isn't there. We're not talking about like, Hey, he gets shelled every now and then. No, it's like he gets shelled, you know, three, if he's making four starts a month, he's getting shelled in like three of them. Absolutely. Any final thoughts, guys? No. Altman needs to play every day. That's yeah, it. James Altman is the first Dodgers rookie to hit a go-ahead grand slam in the ninth inning or later since Andrew Tolles did it back on August 31st, 2016. There's wow. a name. Yeah. <laughs> and also, too, I, I do have uh, one one final thought. I think Tony, you know, the, the return of Tony Gonsolin, Pepio, and more importantly, Daniel Hudson is really going to provide a lot more stability to this pitching staff and, and make it a little bit longer, a little bit deeper. And, and now you won't be relying on certain guys in certain key positions. I think it, it'll, it'll allow a little bit more flexibility um, once those guys return to the rotation and, and the bullpen, respectively. Tony Gonsolin in his rehab outing, three innings, two runs, one hit, two walks, seven strikeouts. 57 pitches, 35 of them being strikes. So with Michael Grove going down, they probably will have to do a bullpen game, I imagine, with uh, Grove's next spot up in the rotation. I would guess Andre Jackson might have to be that guy because we went through the lineup uh, like a week ago with whoever the other Dodgers AAA options were, and you're better off not going with any of those guys. Gavin Stone has a 7 ERA right now. I don't know what happened there after dominating all of spring. So I'm hoping he can get sound because I was banking on him to be a not even a midseason call up, like a first third season call up. Yeah, it makes sense to just go with a bullpen game if Gonson's going to be ready on the next turn. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining me and doing this bonus episode where we talked about James Altman. Uh, also, special shout out real quick to Tick Pick for sponsoring the Incline Dodgers podcast. This is the time right now to go see all the Los Angeles teams in the playoffs, such as the Lakers, Clippers, LA Kings. And of course, this is the best shop to go get your Dodgers tickets and see concerts as well. Just download the TickPick app. No service fees at checkout. All right, guys. Well, until next time, thank you all. Steve, Chris, David, let's go Dodgers. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.